a really good crowd, and I was I was just thinking that these things are just unavoidable. Uh, we have lots of visitors, and we are very thrilled that you're here. A lot of our own are not with us today. Uh, Bradley, of course, didn't intend for it to be this way, but Bradley's down at the hall, and I think pretty much his whole family is down there to support Bradley. Can't hold that against him at all. I know we have a couple of families that already had trips planned, and they're not here, and it, you, you can't hold those things uh, against folks. Mark was saying there just a minute ago, uh, Whatever day you pick for something, uh, it's going to conflict with something that somebody is doing. And sadly, that's the case today. But we do have a very good crowd, and we're thankful for the ones that we have. If you like to follow along, there's going to be a lot of passages today. If you want to grab a Bible, James chapter 4 will be the first one. Psalms 39, after that... Hebrews chapter 2 will be the third one. There will be more after that. More, more than usual. I'm always a, I consider myself a gospel preacher and I, I use the Bible a lot in my lessons. I'm not much of a lecturer. I, I use the Bible. And I'm going to do that perhaps a little even more so today. Lots of passages. While you're looking those things up, I might mention this. Uh, the last couple of years, uh, the ladies came up with an idea of, of helping people save uh, uh, on postage stamps. If you want to give Christmas cards to the people here at the congregation, there's going to be some boxes set up, I think, tonight over in the kitchen area. If you've been here a couple of years, you know the drill. Bring those, those cards and put them in those boxes, and then they will be handed out for you. And that will uh, save you the price of a postage stamp, and, and you can get a Christmas card to the folks here at the congregation if you want to do that. And I think those boxes will be back there as early as tonight. It is amazing to me how fast time goes by. Today is December the 8th. Thanksgiving's behind us. Christmas is just a couple of weeks away. Uh, 2019 is just about gone, and that just doesn't seem possible to me. It's, it's hard to believe how fast time goes by. A couple of weeks ago, I went to the doctor for a wellness check, and all things considered, I, I, I thought I did pretty good. Uh, my numbers were pretty good for 63 years old, and and I felt pretty good about myself, but, but Dr. Andrew Smith said something to me, and I, and I think it was just that I, I, I didn't expect to hear this from a medical doctor. But Dr. Andrew said, well, you're doing a lot of things right. No tobacco, no alcohol, you're active, oh, that's good. But he said, you know, most things happen unexpectedly. He even told me a story about a friend of his who just two days before uh, unexpectedly had suffered a heart attack. And so I guess, I guess I was expecting a pat on the back and instead I kind of got a warning. And as I left the office that day, I was thinking about what James says in James chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. James writes there, Come now. You who say 
today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a city, we'll continue there a year, we will buy and sell and we'll make a profit. And then he adds to that, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Folks, I'm not trying to rain on your parade this morning or sound like I'm the voice of of doom and gloom. I'm not trying to do that. But we must pay attention to what James says to us. The fact that our life is passing on on by is, is not something we want to think a lot about. And if we could stop it, if we could just slow it down a little bit, then I would say that we would be justified in just putting it out of our mind. But the psalmist tells us in Psalms 39, he basically echoes just what James just said. Psalms 39 and verse 4, the psalmist says, Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Why? Why? That I may know how frail I am. That's what Dr. Andrew was saying to me. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths. My age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. They heap up riches and does not know who will gather them. Maybe if, if folks would just realize these things, how frail we really are, we would get ourselves ready for eternity. When Jesus was here on this earth, He was human. And we forget that, don't we? Ah, Jesus could do miraculous things that that we can't do. But physically, He was flesh and blood, just like we are. And He knew that death was the end of all humans and that He would go the same way that all humans go. Look with me at at Hebrews chapter 2. Did Jesus know what was going to happen Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, the Hebrew writer says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. I'm, I'm telling you folks, when Jesus came down from heaven and took the form of a human being, He knew that he would die like all humans. He knew that would happen. If we look through the four Gospels, we will see Jesus numerous times mentioning his own death. Or he would be saying to his disciples, I'm not going to be here with you much longer. He knew what he was facing. And now we see people in the world, they just don't. Think about leaving this world until it's time to go and and then they don't have time to get ready. Jesus knew that he was going to suffer a painful death, but he did not run and hide. He did not sit around and cry. Instead, he made it 
the subject of some very serious thinking and some serious preparation, and that's an important word, preparation, getting, getting ready for it. One way that he did that was by staying close to God all the time. We see folks, and I hope this doesn't sound too harsh or, or judgmental, I don't mean it that way, we, we, we see people turning to God when they themselves are facing death. Or, or maybe something really bad has happened in their life, and so, and so they turn to God. That, that's not a bad thing. It's always good when you turn to God. But that's not living close to God. And that's, that's something different. It's not the same thing to face death the way Jesus did. Not afraid. We have to stick close to God now. While we are alive, while we are healthy and strong, that's when you get close to God. In the book of 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul is, is the writer of 2 Timothy and Paul is the prisoner of the Romans. And he knows full well that the Romans are going to take his life away from him. He, he knows that his time here on this earth is short. And so he writes to Timothy and, and he gives him some instructions. But in, in chapter 4, verses 6, 7, and 8, this is what Paul writes to Timothy. He says, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. And he, he knew it too. But he says, I've, I've fought a good fight. I, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. And henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me in that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Paul had made the proper preparation. He had stuck close to God. And now, as he's looking death right between the eyes, he's thinking about that eternal reward. And the way to prepare is to learn God's Word and put it into practice while we are here on this earth. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 7 and verses 24 and 25, these are the words of Jesus. He says that, that whosoever hears these sayings of mine and, and doeth them, there you go, and, and doeth them, I will liken him to, to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, they beat upon that house. But it fell not, because it was founded on a rock. We need to build our spiritual house on the rock, and we need to do it now while there is time and opportunity. Paul says that very same thing in, in Romans chapter 13. In Romans chapter 13 and beginning at verse 11, this is what Paul writes. And do this, knowing the time that, that now, now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now 
our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. If it was last week or 50 years ago, it's still closer than it's ever been. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Now, Paul says, it's the time for us to wake up out of our sleep and make that proper preparation. When Jesus was here on the earth, that, that's what we're looking at. What, what did Jesus do while he was here? When Jesus was here, he went around doing good. I think of Matthew chapter 9. In, in, in that chapter, just that chapter alone, Jesus raises a young girl from the dead. A woman is healed just by touching uh, the hem of his garment. Two blind men get their sight, and a man has a demon cast out of him. All that happens in Matthew 9. And Matthew closes that chapter uh, in this way. In Matthew 9 and verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like a shepherd, like sheep having no shepherd. That, that's what Jesus did while he was here on the earth. And to us, the Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 6, Verses 9 and 10. Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. He says, let us not grow weary while we are doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And then he says, as you have therefore an opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them of the household of faith. Doing good while we are here on the earth just the way that Jesus Christ did it. In Acts chapter 9, we have the story of a lady. Her, her name was Dorcas. Dorcas was not wealthy. Dorcas was not a prominent citizen in the city of Joppa uh, where she lived, but Dorcas took some needle and some thread and did an awful lot of good. Uh, look with me there in, in Acts chapter 9, and let's start reading at verse 36. At Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated as Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds which she had done. And it happened in those days that she became sick and she died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. 
And Peter arose, and he went with them. And when he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the, the tunics and, and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Now, folks, Peter, Peter is going to raise Dorcas from the dead here. And when we read this story, we focus on that. We, we think about the, the amazing miracle that Peter did. And it certainly was a great miracle. But what I want you to notice this morning from this story is that when Dorcas had passed from this world, she was missed right away. Immediately, people missed her. Those people were weeping. They were showing Peter. Look, look, look what Dorcas uh, uh, did for me. Look at this coat, Peter, that Dorcas made for me. Friends, let us live our life in such a way that when we're gone, we will be missed because of all of the good things that we have done in our life. Last thing this morning is this. We learn from Jesus not to leave this world with hatred and bitterness and, and ill will in our hearts. Someone who was close to me a few years ago, actually a good man uh, for the most part. I, I thought he was. I'd known him my entire life. But the latter part of his life, over something that to me seemed like a small matter, he just let it build and build and build inside of him. And it was so sad for me to attend his funeral and realize that that, that man died a bitter man with, with hatred for others in his heart. I, I was, it, it broke my heart to, to see that. We, we learn from Jesus not to do that. If, if anyone ever had a reason to be mad at the world, Jesus surely did. They beat him, they spit on him, they mocked him, they nailed him to a cross, and yet all he had to say was, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Peter tells us something about Jesus in 1 Peter chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 2, this is, this is what Peter says, starting at verse 21. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us. Now notice, leaving us an example that you, that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but he committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. That, that's the example that Jesus left for us. And so, how should we live? What, what should we do? When I went up to the 
the nursing home for my regular Bible study this, this past Tuesday, I finished my, my lesson by reading from Ephesians chapter 4. I'd like to do the same thing with you. And, and I, told, I told those folks as I closed my study up there, I said, this is how we should live our life. This is what we should do. And so uh, read this with me in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31. Paul writing says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and, and clamor, clamor is just constantly quarreling and evil speaking, be put away from you with all Malice. Malice, malice, my friends, is just hatred. Put those things away and be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, there you have it, my friends. What do we learn from, from God's Word? What do we see in the example of Jesus Christ? There you have it, living our life that way. Kind, tender-hearted, forgiving. That's how we should live our lives. In closing, I'll ask you what your life is like this morning. You know, I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, but how you live is going to be how you die. Whatever you have done in your life, that's, that's what you're going to take with you into eternity. Are you ready to step into eternity? If you have never obeyed the gospel and become a Christian, I say, I say kindly and lovingly, you are not ready. But you can make the proper preparation if you're willing to repent of your sins to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and to be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. And we will help you get that done this very day if you have made that decision. Perhaps you have obeyed the gospel and you were a Christian uh, for a while at least, but remember what Paul said, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith... If you have not done that, you're not ready. But you can fix it. If you're willing to repent of those things that caused you to fall away, you can ask for the prayers of the faithful and be restored this very morning. You can do those things while we stand and while we sing.